Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Happy birthday to the Greenlight on Premier Racing Podcast. We raised the bat episode number 100. We've made it to the ton. And a big, big thanks to GRV for, for allowing it to happen, for making it happen. And a big, big thank you to all of our loyal listeners out there who have been tuning in throughout the first 100 episodes. The good news is there might be a little bit of merch giveaway uh, from the MGRA on episode number 101. It's going to be a huge week as well. We're here to preview everything Sandown Park on the 12th of Jan and then the bonus episode out this week for the Warrigal Cup meeting on Friday night and then obviously back to the Meadows on Saturday night. So three episodes day after day. It's going to be a big, big week for the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. Run of the week. Well, straight now into run of the week. Racing Jason Adams away this week. He's still on holidays. The boy, I've never known a man that can spend so long on holidays, but he will be back next week. That's what I've been told. But run of the week time. And Amron boy, he gets under 29 seconds. He joins the elite club. And he well, look, we spoke so much about this crystal ball and who might be the star of this year. There's a big chance it is going to be this boy, Amron Boy. He was extraordinary. Amron Boy began fairly well on the inside. Vader Bale, as usual, speeds across and crosses over Amron Boy into the first turn. Aston Marley's up to third, trying to squeeze through on the rail here, Amron Boy, and goes to the lead. Back to fourth was Webleck Scout, Jebediah, and last of all was Amron Dan. They went 5.03 to the first mark, and they're roaring down the back in 18 and 60. Amron Boy, the leader. Five in front now, Vader Bale. Behind them was Aston Marley. Look at him go. Amron on boy by eight. Second Vader Bale, third in Aston Marley. It's just so beautiful to watch a greyhound just scorch around Sandown Park like that. It was extraordinary. Here's the time. We won the time. We stand by for any adjustments. 5.03. He's done it. 28.99. There you go. It's so beautiful to watch, isn't it? A greyhound break 29 because everything has to go to plan. And they just look so fluent in the way they click through the gears. And it reminded me so much of a running race or a cycling race where they have that tempo setter who's not even really in the race. And that was Vader Bale just to go out fast, set that low five O's, run to the first peg, and, and then almost let Amron Boy go through underneath and just storm away and, and join the elite club of greyhounds that have broken 29 seconds. A wonderful run. And uh, look, it could be a, a monstrous year for Amron Boy. Thursday's preview. Thursday night's preview. We'll catch up with Ben Joski on this podcast very, very soon. He's got a couple of runners. Great to uh, to have a chat to a, a young trainer who's doing very, very well kicking goals in the sport of greyhound racing. Now, let's get through this uh, 12 race card, beginning with a mate and final. I'm pretty keen here on the, the fastest heat winner through race one to kickstart at 6.57. Number three promises broken. Terrific heat win last time. Bounce to the front. I think drawn to do the same. Aston Monitor uh, in box two was drawn underneath of Promises Broken Laugh Time and I think made the race for the favourite. Went left, the check did, and uh, we'll probably do the same here and just give the three the run straight to the front. So Promises Broken, I think, will win race number one. It's actually my best bet of the night, race one, number three. Uh, race number two. Now, there's a really promising greyhound here called Make No Promise. He does want the rail. He will need a little bit of luck getting there. There might be a decent push for number five only phones. So, to be fair, I might have a bet on both. Race two, 
I'll go with three and five. Stay tuned for that chat with Ben Josky and the inside word on only phones. Race number three, uh, never be alone. The uh, the greyhound drawn out there in box number six, faultless beginner, consistently goes fast, was just pressured at a vital stage last time. So that was what brought uh, Never Be Alone unstuck last time. I think looks at each way chance in this. I also don't mind number one, Hurricane Demon. I thought the run was really good, uh, was running down Hasco Bale, meets that greyhound again here at Geelong last time. And I think the extra ground of Sandown Park, the extra 55 metres might see the red run home and, and run a big race. So each way the one, each way the six in race number three. Race four, I'm with Astra Bale. Looks a, a nice, promising type on the up. Has blitzing early speed. Should be able to cross and take a power of beating from there. Race five, uh, look, Little Critter was enormous last time on Sunday. Um, terrific speed. Should lead this pretty clearly. The only concern I have is if the white leads, there's a big, big chance Springview Noah's going to track straight up to leaders back. And I think from there, Springview Noah might just have the stronger of the finish and, and be able to get the job done. So I'm leaning to one, but Little Critter, I think, is probably the safer each-way bet because uh, she should spear the lids and lead. Race 6, the green light on podcast has made it to race 6, the free-for-all, and what a race it is. You've got the likes of Ultimate Avenger, Warfi, El Dorado, Fernando Mick, and, and then down to Storm Stroller and the explosive beginner, Vader Bale, the Jewel Walker Cup winner. Vader Bale, but I'm with Fernando Mick. Um, he just makes his own luck. He loves it here at Sandown Park. He was runners-up in the Melbourne Cup. There's no reason why he cannot run a big race here. I think Eldorado, he's the intriguing runner. Just the last couple, he's just lost a bit of form. His numerical form, double five, seven, eight. He'll be looking to bounce back. Drawn box number four. Race seven. This another of my better each-way bets of the night. Race seven, number two, Valor Bale. I think we'll cross the red immediately and then might be able to position up leaders back. And I think from there, we'll be very hard to beat. Race eight, uh, we're going to go with five quarter. Uh, the promising stayer of the field. Jason Adams suggesting this is his best bet of the night. Race eight, number five. Over then to race nine. Thought this was a tricky one. The red does like to use a bit of the track. So I'm going to play for a lot of luck and just have a small each-way bet on seven, Val Violin. Got no idea how he's going to get into the race, but if he does, he'll be there at the end. Uh, race number 10 now. I'm going with uh, number two here. I was tossing up between two and four. I marked them both. I'm going to go with Andre Bale. I think the red leads. Leaders back's the place to be. And if Andre Bale can get there, I think can be pretty hard to beat. Race 11, I'm with number four, Chapel Road each way. Should show early speed. And then the last race of the night, uh, I'm going to go with uh, number four, Ludo Bagman. I think he can track the speed of Minter Redeem. And if he can slot in at that first corner, he can run well in the lucky last. Hunters, punting club. Jason Adams, 50 the win quarter. He keeps it simple. $50 on the nose of quarter. Myself, I'm going to go uh, with my best bet of the program, race one, number three. I'll have uh, $15 each way on Promises Broken and then just $10 each way on uh, Valor Bale, race seven, number two. And probably, to be honest, I should have an each way play on a greyhound like Springview Noah because I think he's drawn well. But unfortunately, there's only $50 in the kitty. Inside Info. Inside info with a man who was in very good form with the collar and lead. Uh, such a, a generous family the Joskies are from Gippsland that I believe when they first came out here, they were actually named Joskovich as the surname, but they thought that was a bit hard to pronounce here in Australia. So they dropped the Vich and just went with Joski and we're left with Ben Joski on the podcast today. Benny, is that right, mate? How are you? Uh, so it goes. I actually need to dig a little bit deeper there, mate, um, to find out all the details. But yeah, I think back 
back when um, my grandfather arrived from Poland. I think uh, it was a done thing. So um, I don't know any different, but uh, probably something I need to discuss with Dad over a beer in a little bit more detail. Uh, it's very, very interesting, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about racing in a moment, but before we get there, the life of Ben Joski yourself, mate. Where are, where have you worked? What have you been doing the last few years, and, and how have you ended up training greyhounds? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm based down in uh, now South, which is sort of 25 minutes out of Traugan. Um Grew up down this way, and Always had an interest in racing. My old man was bitten by the bug and hanging around racing stables and whatnot. And I actually grew up racing pigeons uh, way back when. And we used to head down to the Trailgan Dogs and, and catch for um, a couple of bucks on a Friday night at Trailgan there. So I was sort of bitten by the bug there and convinced the old man to um, to swap the pigeons for, for dogs. So we went and bought a dog by the name of Hurt Matter. Uh, just a little pup, and that sort of got us going in uh, in the greyhound world. As I said, that's probably 25, 30 years ago now, so uh, plenty of water's passed on the bridge. But, um, yeah, myself, look, I, I studied sports management at university and, and worked in plenty of professional roles and within the AFL and the A-League and a little bit of tourism with Visit Victoria and, and more locally here. But um, a couple of years ago, I sort of hung up the, the shirt and tie for a colour and lead, so it's something I've always wanted to do. and probably like any COVID sort of kicked me into gear and I purchased the property and, and, um, and I'm off from going. But we had an unlisted litter there with a, a few dogs with, with Dad that gave me the confidence to go and do that. We had a, uh, a handy litter with Whistling Bullet and Persian Goddess and a couple of those types of dogs. So just gave me that little bit of uh, confidence that um, I can pay the bills from week to week when you've got a couple of handy ones. So, uh, yeah, and then just toiling away now. So, um yeah, breeding and rearing and, and training and, and trying to do it all, which is which is difficult, as everyone would, would understand. It's it's a big move to go from a stable full time job to uh, to to being a full time greyhound trainer. Has there been any moments where you thought I've made a mistake or things aren't working out, or or have you really just taken to to as you say, getting rid of the shirt and collar and getting the collar and lead? Yeah, on the daily. <laughs> no. Um, no, look, 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 the best thing I've ever done. Um, look, to be honest with you, I'm at the right stage of life. I'm I'm 40 this year, so I don't know how I would have gone with it, uh, you know, five or ten years ago. Um, it is very much you hear it all the time, very much 24/7. And as we spoke about, about before we hit record, mate, um, you know, the rest of the world's on holidays, and and we're here uh, getting up early and looking after the dogs and. You know, I was at Warrigal last night till race 12 and up at 6.30 this morning to um, to do the rest of them. So it's not easy, but if you love it, um, you know, what's the saying? If you do something you love, you do work day in your life. And that's sort of what I'm finding. So, you know, never a dull moment. You've, you've got your ups and downs on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. But, um, you yeah, know, that's what I sort of live for, I guess. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, yeah, never look back, hopefully, if all going well. Bit of a personal question. I want to go on holidays just for a night, um, and I've been looking down at Port Welsh Pool and Port Albert. Is there anything to do down there? That's just a little bit south of Yunar South. Uh, have you ever been down that way? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was – so I mentioned I worked in uh, in tourism prior to, to hanging up the uh, the collar and tie, but um, – so the right man to ask. But yeah, Port, Port Albert's beautiful. Uh, a lot of fishing down that way. Can be windy. Uh, I don't put that on the on the pamphlets. But um, 
yeah, if you're a fisherman, head down that way. And they did have uh, the best fish and chips in in the world. They say that was their uh, their promotion, but that that's uh, since shut down. And I think there's a couple of new restaurants opening up down that way. So there's plenty to do around there. Um, yeah, definitely head down for a look. It's it's very very busy across the weekends, but um, and obviously this time of year during the week as well, but there's some beautiful uh, things to do in that part of the world. You can probably make a day trip, mate. You're, you're from Hillsville sort of way, so yeah. you probably drive in one day, stop at Tarabolga National Park and then head down to the water for some lunch and um, circle back and you'll be home by, by dinner time. So. Mate, it's no surprise you worked in tourism. You've sold that to me just beautifully. Is it Port Albert or Port Welsh Pool that you think I should go to? Which is the best of the two? Uh, oh, look, very, very similar. Um, I'd, I'd, you know, nice little boardwalk down Fort Welsh Pool as well. I'd head to, to Port Albert, mate. All right, done. Beautifully. Beautifully done indeed. Uh, you're not just a greyhound trainer. You're still a, a tourism uh, guru by the looks of it. Let's talk about Sandown Park. I've been promising this for some time. And race number two, you've got only phones, drawn box number five. And this, to me, seems a really progressive greyhound. Uh, you probably won't have had a better bred greyhound on the property, I don't think, Ben. It's uh, by Fernando Bale. She is out of Crimson. And Vixen, who was an, an elite sprinter, a bit of a country cup queen back in her heyday. And, and this pup to me is just progressing, as I said. Uh, third start, broke the maiden, broke 25 at sale. That would have given you a little bit of confidence. Yeah, look, she's, as I said, she's beautifully bred. Um, and she broke in really, really well um, and has pre trained well. She's had been unlucky, actually, in her, her first couple of starts. She probably should have won uh, both of them. Um, she was about to hit the front in her first start and was checked sort of four or five lengths. And then in the second start, she led and, and was dragged down and then subsequently sort of fought off the track. So I was a tad uh, worried about her confidence going into that, that third run, but having the rails, she jumped, um, jumped nicely and... And ran down the leader, so um, she sort of did what I expected her to do. Um, she pl- has plenty of upside. I'm, I'm really not too sure where she'll get to, but as I said, the, um, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that she'll turn into a, a consistent sort of a, um, a city type performer. So hopefully, this is the first step. I took her there to um, to stand down for a look on Saturday morning, and she tried really, really nicely. Um, I was the first time on the circle and first time at, at Sandown. She went 5.10 and broke uh, 19 down the back. So I'd expect it to improve on that. Um, you know, there's a couple of handy ones obviously in the race, but um, there's no no sort of speed drawn directly below her or outside her. So she should get a relatively clear run and, and the favourite in the three seems to step hard left early. So... If she doesn't leave, she should be sitting up to outside the three, I would think. Um, and then, um, you know, your guess is as good as mine where she runs out the strong 500. All the indicators are that um, from her trials uh, and her run home times that she will sort of get it. She's obviously only young, um, so she'll obviously mature and, and get that little bit stronger. But, um, yeah, we'll be, uh, fingers crossed, the that she um, she can put them away if she does get that opportunity. And that's a, a great insight for the listeners to uh, to get that insight into only phones. I think that's a, a really, really promising trial. Keep the yellow rug in hand and just sit down for a few hours, uh, Benny, and then bounce back for race 12, Golden Chopstick. And I feel like a few of the greyhounds in your kennel, they're just progressing. I, I probably wouldn't have picked her to be a, a dog that could go to town and, and win a city race off her first couple of runs. But the last, I reckon, month or so, she's just really started to building confidence and even at to sale she ground out the 440 really well last time when I was calling down there and look if she if she can step and show that speed that she does in the sprint she's going to put herself right in this 
Yeah, he hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, she was a nice sort of a dog early uh, with plenty of sort of early toe. And her box manners are impeccable. She's um, she's sort of half a length in front as the box is open, so, which helps her win plenty of races. She actually had a little injury um, that we didn't pick up for a couple of starts there um, probably a month or six weeks ago. Uh, so we had a little bit of time off there. And since she's come back from there, she's just uh, really gone on with it. So... Uh, and being a Fernando bitch, she was just a little bit nervous early on. And I think just with a little bit more racing and maturity, um, she's sort of settled into it now and, and sort of understand it's uh, understand what she's there for. So she was a bit of a quivering mess early, but um, now she's you know confident and she's walking around the um, the stir up with um, with yeah like with with plenty of confidence. And she's just a, a different dog. So and you can see that in like her last few runs, she's she's really um, sort of come along like like you said. So look, the race. On, on Thursday night is a is a nice sort of one for her. My only concern is that there's speed directly uh, underneath her, and then Corey's dog out in the pink as well. So uh, there could possibly be a bit of a sandwich heading to that um, to that first bend, and and she could be in the middle of that. But um, as we said, you know, she's got plenty of early speed, so she's going to sort of put herself up there, and and we'll sort of know within the first sort of forty or fifty meters whether she's a chance or not. So similarly to um. To uh, Vicky, the first dog, she, you know, we're not entirely sure that she's a, the strongest of 500 metres sort of a bitch, but um, she's been grinding out her last couple of fairly well and um, time will tell whether she uh, she gets that strong 500 or strong enough to to, um, to win on Thursday night. Seems to me, just listening, you're a bit of a form student. Uh, do you do a fair bit of form when the greyhounds are in and do you like a little each way dabble time to time? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't bet myself. Uh, like less than a long time ago, you probably know too much when you're um, this close to the dogs, and I don't sort of want it to affect my judgment and and what I do with my dogs. So um, I'm just more about placement. I think placement and knowing the grading system is probably the most important uh, part of 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 training. You know, you can get your your dogs fit and and feed them right and, and consistency and those sorts of things. But I think placing your dogs correctly based upon their ranking and and the grading system, I think um, to give you, your dog every chance and opportunity to win, you have to know your form and what other dogs are doing. So um, yeah, that's something I I do enjoy that side of things as well. But um, yeah, it's something that I do t- take a little bit of time in in uh, making sure my dogs are are going to go around and, and be a chance in most races. So. For putting the pressure on you, you've obviously done the form. And which which of the two do you rate as the the best chance to win? Was it Golden Chopstick with that early speed, reliable early speed, or the the up and comer uh, only phones who very very similarly named to a greyhound that uh, you had who won a, a few races at Sandown called Two Phones. So uh, are you with uh, Only Phones? Yeah, Only Phones is the one for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the the, the favourite in that race obviously can can really really run. Like I said, she's. She, oh, he, sorry, has, um, I think he's drawn box seven or eight in, in every single start and he seems to be a hard railer. So um, now drawn a little bit close to the rail, if it can step and, and find that rail, it's probably going to be hard to beat. But um, if he can sort of bump into one, takes a hard sort of left early. So if he can bump into one early and we can find the front and it's in some bother, I think, um, yeah, she's a, a, a huge chance. So she'd definitely be my... Uh, my uh, my choice for the night and two phones has actually just had a litter of pups to Aston Rupees so breeding oh, nice. uh, barn and beautiful pups so we should know if she can um, can throw something in in twelve or uh, probably fourteen months now so 
Well, it's exciting, exciting times. There's no way, no two ways about that. You, you seem to me like you've got a real passion for, for the sport, not obviously just the, the racing side of things, but doing the formers. Was that something that you just picked up immediately when you were going to Terrell and just catching greyhounds as a, as a youngster? Did you just fall in love with the sport and the greyhounds at that moment or has it been something that's progressed over time into to what it has, I guess, got to right now? Yeah, no, no, pretty much from, from where go. I think that's the beauty of, of greyhound racing is that the form is relatively transparent and easy to pick up for um, for someone that doesn't know a lot about it. As I said, I was sort of 14 or 15 and randomly watching Beanley dogs most sort of Tuesday nights and there's a lot of sand dogs going around and running over the 300 metres, um, you know, every, you know, twice a week and it was very, very easy to pick up and know what the dogs would do and then follow their form and that obviously transferred into to um, the dogs locally and it's something that I, I really, really enjoy and I think I've got a bit of an analytical mind um, just naturally so it's something that, um, yeah, lends, you know, the form sort of lends itself to, to my way of thinking um, and then just the dog itself, you know, I grew up on a farm and um, I'm really, really passionate about animals. I sort of wanted to be a vet early on and, and realised there's probably better things to do with your life and had a bit of an incident where uh, I realised I don't like like blood so much <laughs> um yeah decided to go down a different path but yeah just love the animal itself and and the industry so um you know i suppose and, and we all live in hope that we get that champion one day and we can um can win some uh, some big races so um and something that i do share with my family too one of my brothers is really passionate about it and, and obviously my my old man so um you know it brings us together and a lot of mates and we you know something we can discussed almost daily and probably too often for the likes of a lot of around us but um you know it brings us together and something to chat about and as you know like i said before there's plenty of ups and downs and you're sort of sharing all of those so um yeah, it's, it's probably has something for everybody. At the moment, the industry itself, sale obviously shutting down for track renovations, which I think is, is such a good thing because it shows that uh, GRV is serious about animal welfare and making these tracks as safe as they possibly can be for the greyhounds. Obviously, it's a little bit of a hit for you because you do a lot of your racing at sale, but does it potentially... A, open the door to, to head to Sandown, to head to other tracks more often, and, and B, I guess you'd be excited about what's what's happening down there at Sale and hopefully by the, the mid to latter part of this year we can be back there racing. Yeah, look, Sale's my favourite track. They're probably an hour and ten minutes away from me, but um, I just naturally find it, it works for me and, um, you know, the upgrades have probably been coming for a little while now and, and, and much needed, so... It'll be great to see uh, what they can do there, and obviously just not just the, the, the racing, but the actual club itself and, and the community, the way that they embrace um, greyhound racing is is something to something to see. Um, I think it's something that probably the rest of the, the clubs are around. And obviously, they have pokies, and then that then gives them that money to invest back into uh, into greyhound racing and engage in that community. But um, I just love going down there, yeah, and, and, and I do a lot of my pre-training down there, so then that lends it, itself to, to going down there and winning, especially my, my races early. I have to get a little bit creative now with what we do. Obviously, Cranbourne's a bit of a uh, an issue too with shutting a couple of tracks this side of town. It does mean that uh, there are a lot of people looking for, for races and, and trials at the same time, um, so that's a little bit frustrating from, from my point of view, but... Um, yeah, we just have to get a little bit creative in, in trying to, to find the right races and, and times to trial, trial our dogs. And like you said, um, 
uh, probably does lend itself now to, to travelling a little bit more and, and heading to Sandown more and, and maybe over in the other side of town to Geelong and Bendigo and those types of places. If you've got the right sort of dogs, it's, it's well worth it. But, um, uh, yeah, look, at, like you said, the, the investment in infrastructure is fantastic. So um, it's just a, an indicator that um, that there is a, a huge future in the sport. And if I'm willing to give up a full-time job and, and invest my life in it, um, I sort of believe in the direction that it's heading, so... For sure. And, and for you, what's the dream? What is the dream in this sport? You've given up a full-time career, you studied at uni, you put that all aside and you said, I want to be a full-time greyhound trainer and I want to win a big race. What is the big race that you want to win? Yeah, look, all, all the usual ones and, and the Melbourne Cup's probably at the top of, of that list. But um, yeah, you meant Sale Cup's probably the one for me. Um, I do like, you know, I'd love to have a middle distance sayer sort of type of dog, but but as I said, Sale's probably my local track and and everyone wants to sort of win their local local cup, but there's so many good races around, you know, at at the moment, and it's only looking like it's getting um, bigger and bigger, and you know, the, the the sport's going from strength to strength interstate as well. So what they're doing in Queensland and, and New South Wales is is fantastic. So um, always be nicer to go up there and, and take some of their prize yeah, money home yeah, well, for so, sure. Hey, um, just on that, can you guess what the, tr- the the race that I would love to win is? The Hillsville Cup. Incorrect. It's the Tamora Cup. And, Tamora Cup. And back then it was a non-tab when I was starting to chase it. Um, and, mate, I, I, I ran fourth in the, the final or oh, probably three years ago. Um, yep. I think it had, it had elevated to either ten or 20,000 to the winner um, for, for that particular year. And, and there were some really good greyhounds at that series. And to be honest, mate, I was a bit of an emotional wreck after the race just running fourth because it was weird. I just targeted that was the race that one day I wanted to go up and have a crack at. And, and it's such a, such a great feeling to be a part of it. And if you can obviously then go to that next level and, and try and win the race that you're, you're wanting to, to get into, it would just be extraordinary. And I, look, I wouldn't say no to a Hillsville Cup. I wouldn't say no to, I wouldn't say no to a grade five anywhere to be honest but um that that's just something that is a bit strange i think for me but um the tamora cup is the race that i really want to win yeah it makes sense like at, at the end of the day money is everything like you said there's there's a reason why that that is the case and you know i, I, I can't believe i'm about to talk about this but um we actually sold a dog by the name of rajasthan who went on to win a Sandown cup which um to some degree broke my old man's heart so i'd probably like to win that one one day too to, to somewhat make up for it and maybe stand up on the dais and um and let him uh, say a few words. So, um, you know, there's little reasons for, for many things, like you said, even from winning a tier three sometimes, depending on who the dog is and how much work you put into it, you find different reasons to to um, to find satisfaction in that. So um, I'm sure everyone's got their own story and reasons for winning all types of races. Correct. Good luck, mate, moving forward. It's been a great chat, a great insight into uh, to you and your involvement in Greyhound Racing. So good luck with uh, Thursday night, two runners engaged, and, and good luck with the uh, the career in Greyhound Racing moving forward as well, mate. It's been great to get to know you. Thanks, Jim. Speak soon. That wraps it up now. Another episode done and dusted. Big week. Don't go anywhere. Big thanks to GRV for making the podcast happen, the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Until next time, punters, the Warrigal Cup preview out soon. The Meadows Saturday night. It's going to be a big one. Good luck and happy punting. 